what I always say when I'm talking about cars. Ugh, I would have walked this. Dying is dying, and death is death, baby. <laughs> on in three, two, one. Hello, welcome to Deadbeat with Maggie Crane. I'm clear. Oh, I made a mouth noise. I was like, Maggie, See? how dare you make oh. mouth noises? Before this recording started rolling, Claire was giving me shit about how she painstakingly went through this whole podcast and erased my weird mouth noises. And then I just smack on and it. And then she's like. We should start over, though, because this could really alienate the listeners. For what? Some people are weird about mouth noises. No, I think if they're not down for mouth noises, they're not down for the rest of us. Okay, enjoy. I refuse to keep going. I mean, to start (laughs) over, this is us, baby. All right. Yeah, I'm Claire. Did I say my name? You you began to. I'm Claire Martin. I'm Maggie Crane. And this is Deadbeat. Did you want me to say that? The same I did. That's why I sort of pointed at you, but I'm that's so okay. We're sitting here. We're sitting uh, all cozied up in Claire's bed in Bushwick, Brooklyn, New York City. Uh, we're drinking some White Claws. Hey, White Claws, sponsor us. Um, please. please. Uh, we're drinking some White Claws. We're, we're doing a little intro episode to the this brand spanking new podcast that we've been working on for a little bit of time. Yeah. Good amount of time. For a good amount of time. Um, The thesis of Deadbeat is we're just two gals uh, sort of talking about the normalization of death. What does that mean? I sort of believe that in the 21st, this, the 21st century, that people are still freaking weird about death, even though it's literally all, sort of all we really have that keeps us, like, the same. So, like, everybody shits and everyone dies, but still, yet, I go to a party and I talk about what I want to happen with my body after I die and everyone's fucking weird about it. And I think we should not be like that. I agree. I completely agree. I, the other night, me and my little sister, we have this thing where when we're together, we overshare mm-hmm. with everyone. And immediately our thing is always like, oh yeah, we got a dead sister. That's mm-hmm. like our, that's our way to, it's our litmus test. Like, oh, oh can this person hang? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's one of my go-tos. Or I feel like when I was younger, I used to always be like, oh, like people would ask me if I had any siblings and I would say no. I would be like, no, I don't, because I wouldn't. Because you don't want to have to get into it. And yeah. I would feel so guilty about that. I would feel like, I, like I would be like, oh, am I like erasing my brother Aiden's legacy or or memory by like saying he doesn't exist? That I would have like a traumatic like moment to myself. And now I'm just really over. Like I overshare about it immediately. People are like, oh, do you have any siblings? I'm like, yeah, the brother, he's dead. And people like freak out. I have a, you've heard, I have a stand up bit about this, but it, it is real life. Like I was at, I was at my, <laughs> I was at an ex-boyfriend's Thanksgiving and we were far too. It was one of those things where it's like we had been dating over like two weeks. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited for Thanksgiving. Like, I don't have to I don't have to do anything. I'm not going anywhere. My parents live in Hong Kong. I can just sort of like chill and alone in my empty apartment. And he was like, oh, my God, do you want to come to my parents' house? And I literally just said I wasn't doing anything. So I couldn't be like, no, I'd rather oh, that's, literally That's nothing. entrapment on his part. Yeah, it came from a deep place of good. Uh, Fine. We I, I love don't and think appreciate so. you, ex-boyfriend. But you know, I also isn't doing nothing on Thanksgiving the dream. I actually have pretty great Thanksgivings, mm. but it's mm. only with my friends, not fair, with fair, my fair. family. Absolutely. 
so yeah, so I went to Thanksgiving at my ex-boyfriend's house, and his aunt, who was quite stuffy, but was like trying to make small talk with me, and uh, was like, "Oh, like where is your family?" Which fair? Uh, <laughs> why yeah, are, why you are you here? And I was like, "Incredible question." But then she was like, the classic like ring of questions, and she's like, "Oh, do you have any siblings?" And I was like, "Yeah, my brother Aiden. He died when I was a kid, when he was fourteen." And she was like, like, she's one of these people like, she was like shocked. She went like white in the face and she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I, I, to be fun, I guess, was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, oh my God, did you kill my brother? <laughs> and she was so just like shocked. She like dropped the, the food she was holding. I don't even remember if that's true or not. That's in my bed. But she like she was like shocked and I was like, oh shit. And then I didn't speak for like the rest of the night. That's he, amazing. Especially I, if that's the only thing you said. Pretty that's much. The, pretty much the only thing I said. And then all through the night my ex-boyfriend kept introducing me as like, oh this is Maggie. She's an, an incredible comedian. And I was like, stop. I just, I just Being introduced as a comedian so, in general, I would imagine. Oh, that's sucks. A, it's, it's even real. worse when I'm like, I'm a writer, because it just sounds mm-hmm. douchey. Well, I feel like when you say I'm a writer, people aren't like, write something for me. When you're I'm like, oh, I'm a comedian, they're like, tell me a joke. And I'm like, oh, God. I think this is a good place for us to Intros? talk about who we yeah. are. <laughs> who are you? You go first, Claire. Okay, fine. Uh, my name's Claire Martin. I'm originally from Seattle. And I went to college in Dublin, which is where I met the person who was my connection to Maggie. So I went, met one of my best friends, Louis Carroll. Shout Fruit out. Of the pod. We love a short king. <laughs> is he going to be pissed at me for saying who cares? that? Um, and so Louis later went on to date Maggie, which is how we met each other. Maggie will <laughs> let you know that I was a bitch to her. Uh but anyway, I did radio in college, which is why I wanted to do this podcast. And now I'm a freelance writer slash pretty much unemployed. Oh, <laughs> uh, we, uh, we're both right there, baby. Yep. Um, my name is Maggie Crane. Um, I'm a comedian and writer based out of Brooklyn. Um, though, yeah, I was sort of interested in doing a project where I sort of talk to people about their perceptions of death, their, like, how they deal with loss, and just sort of, like, generally, just, like, a podcast being generally chill talking about death. And I think I pitched this to you when we were both blackout drunk at Ryan's daughter on the Upper East Side. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's some good shit. And then we talked about it in another bar, and this guy next to us was like, are you talking about a death podcast? And I was like... And we're like, yeah, buddy, sign up to our fucking Patreon. Bitch. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine having a Patreon? <laughs> yeah, one day. One day we'll Fingers get there. Crossed. Fingers crossed. Maybe one day, baby. Yeah. Three bucks, two bags, one Patreon, baby. That's us. That's New York City. Uh, and but the reason, you know, we sort of like briefly mentioned that both of us have sort of sprinkled this in because I, my brother died. My brother Aiden um, died when he was fourteen. Um, he had a lot of health complications and a lot of disabilities, but ultimately he died of pneumonia, which is wild. And so I was twelve years old, and I feel like part of me making sense of that whole thing was just being like what if I become obsessed with death (laughs) but it's also very in vogue to be sort of obsessed with the macabre these days I don't think I'm like I don't think people who've experienced loss young or ever are like alone in that sort of fascination 
Not at all. Just in the fact that, like, I have met people before, though, who have, like, never been to a funeral or they didn't go to one until they were, like, 18. And I'm like, you're you're missing out. You are. On some Funerals great, are so much fun. Some great potato salads mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and jellos. So, ugh. I mean, I, I, I just think about getting, like, very drunk at funerals. I haven't been to a funeral, I mean, knock on wood, recently enough that I could be drunk at one like I went to a Mm -hmm. lot as a kid I guess yeah so my thing is I am only alive because my older sister died what does that mean it means that my family had three kids Margaret Matt Madeline but my parents luckily were pretty cool so my dad got a vasectomy (laughs) I don't think I've talked about if it's okay with me talking about this on the podcast but whatever Tom uh so he got a vasectomy and then one day in Spokane, Washington, uh, my family was walking around. It was snowy out, and Madeline was like two and a half or something, and she just like slipped and fell, hit her head wrong on the sidewalk, and died. And then a couple years later, my parents were like, "Maybe we should have another kid." Yeah. And thankfully, they were like, "Let's have two kids mm-hmm. instead of one like replacement kid." And so they undid. His vasectomy. Two replacement kids. Me and my little sister Mary. (laughs) We've decided. I forget. Did we tell you this? Both me and Mary are like bisexual. I don't know if she actually identifies as that, but she's into women and men. And we were like, Madeline would definitely be gay because two bisexuals clearly add up to. I think that's how science works. Yeah, I think that's how like mortality and sort of pretty much circle game. We were like, Madeline would have grown up to be gay, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) anyway. So yeah, great. When my mom went into labor with me, she was in the cemetery where Madeline's buried. That? You said that? I only knew that until after the live episode. That's I can't insane. believe I never told you I that. Know. It's one of my favorite That's fun so facts. That's so good. And I looked just like her when I was born. Like, it's been brutal. Yeah, we used to have a game where it was like, take the family photo and guess which one of us it was. Ooh. So, like, pretty much, uh, I have a very circle of life. Mm-hmm attitude about death I guess yeah. because of that I think it is so interesting it's like we sort of you and your sister were sort of openly referring to yourselves as being in the dead siblings club yeah um great dead club. dead kids club sorry. dead kids club I'm so it sounds sorry. way cooler it does dead kids club it's like it's like the babysitter's club but, <laughs> but cooler but, yeah it's sort of interesting to be it's like to because you sort of like forgive me for putting words in your mouth here if I, but it's like sort of like you do not experience the loss for your sister but sort of like you very much your sort of life is because of this loss so it's like you're fully much living with that loss in this really fascinating way because it's like you were not there for the death you were not there for sort of like the like immediate aftermath but yet without it you wouldn't be here and it's interesting because it's like I've like experienced I've like lived through it mm-hmm. but it's like I can remember something before it yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I always worry, like, please tell me if I ever am. I always worry about being too callous about death because I'm like, well, I have this circumstance. And, like, I have also known a lot of people who have died. But, like, I'm like, I have this circumstance. So, blah, blah, blah. Let me just, like, talk shit about death. No. I mean, I it's never rubbed me the wrong way. But I'm sort of the wrong person. <laughs> I was going to gonna say, actually. Yeah. Maggie Crane, not really... I wouldn't describe you as sensitive. I'm so sensitive. So <laughs> sensitive. No, but I think I actually, I, I worry that I don't have any, like, 
people will talk about stuff on stage that's like i'll be in like an open mic or a show or another comedian will be like talking about someone like some loss they've experienced and it's like brutal and no one's laughing and i'm like cackling i'm like in the back like (laughs) i mean if they're at an open mic the goal is to laugh Mm -hmm. to make you laugh i guess So you're you're making them happy. I'm making them happy. I'm laughing my little butt off. They're like, so this dramatic. I lost my mom recently, and I'm like, oh yeah, you got my attention. <laughs> talk to me about it. Reeling me in. Yeah. I just like it. I just like think people are just so weird to talk about it. And we talked about this in the episode with Sam Linear, our dear friend, who's in Simple Town, um, which is the next episode to come out after this one. Hell yeah, it is. Um, and because we we talked to him, plug for the next episode. We talked to him about just like sort of the act of performing about death and like talking about it on stage so yeah listen to that episode but it is like it is a thing that i enjoy watching performers do because i think it's like the ultimate vulnerable thing mm-hmm. what um, did i want to see baby i want to laugh at your pain <laughs> but like thinking about like also the like the vulnerability and like performing like about grief and death and stuff like that it's also like some of the best you just think about people like speaking at funerals and it's like some of the best shit I've ever seen. I don't know if I've actually seen a great eulogy. I'll confess. I've seen some great eulogies. Although my family are assholes and are just like, <laughs> I think if someone dies and everyone's just like, oh, I've got a bit. Yeah. It's my time to it's shine. It's my time to shine. Or it's like, you know, I feel like, you know, you go to most weddings and weddings are brutal. People speaking at weddings, it's fucking brutal. It's like, so isn't they're brutal. bad at them? They're so bad. Yeah. Everyone, nobody knows how to public speak. And I feel like it's harder for people who aren't public speakers to talk at a happy occasion than it is for people who aren't public speakers to talk at a sad occasion. Because at a sad occasion, you kind of have, like, a laundry list of, like, you know, this is what they did. They mm-hmm. were a great person. I loved them. Whereas, like, you kind of got to be creative at a happy event. Yeah. yeah, and at funerals, you have total, like like permission to be like very sad and very like this is devastating and then any anything that sort of light kills you don't have to worry about the dead person giving you a dirty look yeah if you like bring yeah, something yeah, up. yeah yeah wedding i just i was just at a wedding uh, and I, it's like you can kill like you can you just have to say something you, like i just oh. burped yeah it's allowed okay keep it in baby okay i was just at a wedding and it's like you could literally just get it's like you just like put in a line like oh like so and so had to kiss a lot of frogs before she met her parents the definition of love if you look up love in the dictionary it's like there's so many tropes where it's like let me tell you something you don't know about so and so and everyone's like oh no yeah. Or it's like, ha, 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 the stripper from last night. Oh, it sucks. But, like, at a funeral, everyone's just sort of, like, down to just be super vulnerable in a way that I think is very nice. Yes. You know what I want? What do you want? Are we talking about our dream funerals? My dream funerals. Well, when me and my little sister were growing up, we talked about our dream funerals, which would be, I would die at 105, and she'd it's be 103. Old. It's purely so we could see three mm-hmm. centuries. So oh, I get to the year twenty one hundred, okay. and we'd have like a balloon arch, which is so tacky in retrospect. And then all of our, <laughs> this is the fucked up part. All of our ancestors would be exhumed and put on display, That's and there'd fucked. be red velvet cupcakes. Oh my god, 
What, Claire? You sick freak. I mean, the red. you got me a red velvet cupcake. It's pretty good, right? Exhumed bodies, I'm a little bit like, Ooh, I, but you know what? This I is don't no know why as children we were like this, but uh, in retrospect, wouldn't it be hilarious if someone, they have to be giving a great eulogy, mm-hmm. if they used an air horn? It's like, yeah, so Claire is a fucking legend. If you die young and tragically, I mean, it's gonna be tragically if you die young. But if you if you die, I will I will Please. have me do a eulogy. I won't say the eulogy because your family will be like, who the fuck is this girl? And I'm gonna be like, no no no, this is a thing. We have a thing. Don't worry about it. And then I'll play this back to them, and they'll be like, did you just record that? And I'll be like, maybe. You don't know This me. is my last will and testament. I want Maggie to use an air horn at my funeral. Thank you. It's legal now. Legally binding. Verbal uh, signature. What do you want? Absolutely. At my funeral? I just want my funeral to be a fucking rager. I want my funeral to be like just I no churches involved because <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um I'm just kidding. My mom will not listen to this podcast. But no, yeah, just like total like rager like burn my body maybe mm-hmm. i don't know definitely i just need everyone to be drunk and sobbing and then like ro- i want yes. a roast of maggie cran i want my funeral to be comedy central's roast of maggie even i don't make it at all for them to still just like hey and they'll be like what no we're not gonna roast a random dead person i love that yeah the event of the century the event of the century just roast me baby and maybe you you want to be cremated right i guess but like no. I also don't care. People who have specific wishes that are just like, I want this, this, and this. I'm like, I don't fucking care. I'll be dead. I was talking to my godmother the other day. And she was like, I was an organ donor. And then I got freaked out about the idea of being an organ donor. And I don't think I want to be an organ donor anymore. And I'm like, why would you not? Like, you're dead. You don't need that anymore. Yeah, I want... She's like, they skin you. And I'm like, you're dead. It doesn't it do- matter. Yeah, and like, people need that. Do like, what? Ever you want in my body after I die. Okay. I, I want to like polish your skull and make a little candle I can be holder. one of the exhumed bodies at your fucking freak ass funeral. Please. Just hanging out there. <laughs> Not related, but much loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not related at all. They'll be like, everyone, all the family will be like, wow. And then they'll be like, what the hell? My body will look great because I'm absolutely dying young. So oh, for I look sure. incredible. The only way to die is, I mean, I feel like this is a young person thing to think too oh i'm also yeah i i do definitely want to actually die old as fuck i don't know if i do i feel like you change your mind about it if you like have children because you're like oh i want to see their lives and then you're like oh i want to see my grandkids but like very, right now when i'm when i'm very much like me myself and myself mm-hmm. and i <laughs> Me, I'm, myself, myself, and I, yeah. Me, myself, myself, and I. Um, I'm very much like, no, I don't want to die. I certainly don't want to die. Mm. But I don't think I'm that afraid of it. I say now. I say very much sitting with no death sentence Sitting with me. a white claw. The white claw in hand sitting with my pal on a rainy day. Day before Halloween. Spooky. <gasps> Spooky. Um, I actually have a question. Mm-hmm, go what off. Do think happens when you die i am pretty comforted by nothing i'm weirdly like so when i was a kid i like i was raised catholic and my mom would like take me to sunday school same same um and you know they'd like they preach the heaven hell shit and heaven i was like a, a little kid heaven scared me beyond 
anything. This idea that you just go to a perfect and of course in my head it's like a six-year-old i'm picturing like you jumping around on clouds and shit like that oh yeah like you go there and then it's just that forever with no change like rattled my brain and i was like terrified of this idea this idea of eternity with no changes is so scary to me and it's just it you're not like changing or growing and nothing is happening and there is no end point i find the, the idea of like a close very comforting mm, i agree so i hope when you die it's just not you just it's like going to sleep and part of me is like oh is there is there like you know a world where i'd like to believe that i'll see like my loved ones again or like da 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 it's like i just don't i think i'd rather just like really just go hard now and just sort of go to sleep yeah I, I know a girl who recently got a tattoo that's a gravestone and it's like finally a rest. And I was like, geez, I, I feel that. That's a lot and a little tumblery, but uh, I sort of feel it. <laughs> I sort of feel that. Um, but I, when I was a kid, I used to picture heaven as like there were trees with Eucharist, like the host coming off it, okay. very Catholic, wow. and fountains of wine, which was not like me as a kid wanting to be, be like? drunk, but like me as a kid being like, it's Jesus's blood and it's heaven. So of course it's going to have Jesus's blood everywhere. So funny. But as an adult, I'm like, fountains of wine sounds amazing. Fountains of wine? Fountains of wine. She was in a lesser known fountains of wine song, but my favorite. Wow. You, you know Deep all cut. the B-sides. I know one B-side. <laughs> I know two Fountains of Wayne songs. Um, but I I think I have a similar perspective where I don't think anything really happens after mm-hmm. you die. I think it is you cease to exist. And yeah, it is comforting. It, you know, I find it existence, super comforting. Existence is exhausting it's so exhausting and also i feel like heaven would just fucking blow like this like everyone everyone who's a fucking goody two-shoes is up there i don't want to hang out with fucking saints they're probably boring as shit no exactly if it's like this christian i mean and now we're being very like you know western centrist correct and also we get to say this because we grew up catholic Mm -hmm. so fucking I don't know. I was forced to go on pro-life marches. I can ring oh, on this real, shit all day. Yeah, But, uh, no, so it's like, I feel like these... I'm not comforted by a notion of eternity. Eternity, no matter what it is, terrifies me. Mm-hmm. And the idea of being anywhere forever besides being fucking just unconscious is, is like, sort of brutal. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm a burp machine. Yeah. Thanks, White Claw. Yeah, sponsored by, sponsored White, by Claw. White Claw. I wish. Oh my God, we get a lifetime supply of the Claw. Ooh, I, I would die. I would die if I could just drink White Claw whenever I oh, wanted. Oh, I would. Because it's it down like water, baby. It doesn't taste like anything. No, this isn't an ad. It, I, <laughs> unfortunately, we aren't being paid for this. No. Um, I wanted to say though. Oh yeah, like the whole religion thing though. I personally think that that is why people came up with religion, spirituality, whatever they're into, because they're afraid of death. Absolutely. Or it's like, or religion, it's like this, it became this huge trap 
of people like I feel like the reason why religion has been able to like have such a grasp on people for so long is because everyone is so afraid of death and religion sort of offers this comfort of like oh if you this life is shitty and like if you give us all your time and money in this life your next life is going to be amazing and it's like it's like poor people back in a million years ago are like yeah hell yeah like I was born into poverty I'm going to die in poverty but if I give like my time was it tithing? Hundo and ten yeah. percent. Yeah, if you give it to the <laughs> oh, church. <tithes. laughs> tithing? It is tithes to the church. I was saying a hundo and ten percent though. Hundo either way either way. It's like the same thing ultimately. But uh then I'll get this like beautiful next life. I think that's yeah, that's absolutely why everyone's like how why religion has like persisted and why people are like, like people are afraid of death. I think Wake up, sheeple. Death is rest. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about your parents, but I know it's definitely comforting to my parents, the idea that, like, Madeline's in heaven. Oh, and yeah. I feel shitty now being like, oh, I don't think heaven's a thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, I get I get why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they, like, actually donated a painting to my, uh, <laughs> to my Catholic grade school, which is Madeline sitting on Jesus's lap, and there's all these children around, and oh, it's like, geez. it's some Bible quote, and it's very, I mean, I know my parents love it. And grief, yeah, you, I mean, well, that's also the thing. I, well, I, I think my mom, my mom is super religious and is incredibly comforted by the notion of a heaven and that Aiden is there and also I think because she became religious I think more so when he was like growing up with a disability and to sort of like I think to sort of make sense of it all she's like sort of turned more to religion which is not wrong and also like would I do that if I were in that position who's maybe absolutely but my dad is like a total atheist so I don't understand how they sort of reconcile that with each other but um did you know we're both like our families are anomalies because most most parents split up after a kid dies. Yeah, no, I totally like, and I recently was talking to my dad about this. I was like, "Yo, like, I'm so glad you guys didn't get divorced after all that after yeah. Aiden died because it would be like, just like, oh yeah, let's just throw another thing on the fucking fire yeah. here." I mean, like, very understandable when parents do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see blame, depression, anything like guilt, all of that factors into it, but. Mm-hmm. It did, like, growing up, I was like, oh, my God, my parents' marriage was so strong. I know. I was a conceited kid about my parents' marriage. Isn't that a weird thing? I guess. I don't know. I don't think... I think I was too selfish to ever think about my parents' marriage. I was just like, <laughs> why don't you guys understand me? Just, like, slam the door, listen to Panic at the Disco. Oh, lovely. Mm, you love it, you love it, you love it. Also, I, I, like, shit on my mom for, like, having religion as a coping mechanism, as if I'm not doing this podcast right as <laughs> right as if i'm not like talking about the one of the most traumatic things that's ever happened to me on stage just being like gotta get laughs yeah so it's like yeah so it's like my mom having her coping mechanism of like religion is like understandable <laughs> i do i am very mean to her about it and i am sorry mom but yeah so i i feel like it, it is interesting just to see, like, the coping mechanisms that do come out of it all. Yeah. I mean, like, I... Madeline's different because that happened before I was born. Mm-hmm. But I remember uh, when my cousin killed himself my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so like I really liked this cousin, but he lived in Texas. Mm-hmm. So like we weren't that that close, but we were. I I was close enough to him that I was very sad. Mm-hmm. And guess how I expressed that? I read the fault in our stars and cried a lot that checks out that was like how old were you you were like i was like 17 yeah i feel like i read the fault in our stars when nobody had killed themselves and cried a lot (laughs) the fault in our stars is the one that's like the two cancer kids yeah 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 okay which is also like a disconnect because obviously they're very different situations but yeah but dying is dying and death is death baby (laughs) yeah it is the thing. It's like we, we, one of the things you talk about with other with I talk about a lot with comics, specifically other comics who've experienced loss and stuff like that. It's like, oh, you're a comedian. Oh, like who in your immediate family has died? Like it's such <laughs> a trope. As we yeah. learned the other night at our live show, it's like, yeah, I can book a whole lineup pretty easy. Yeah. So like, what would you say are your coping mechanisms other than comedy, though? Other than well, I the thing about. Like experiencing loss when you're like barely a human. Like I was twelve. Yeah. I was like, two thousand six, worst year of I was gonna say my life, but I think it was collectively a bad year. Collective. What else happened in two thousand? I feel like two thousand six was just bad. The music was bad. We we're in the Bush administration. Just Fair. like you know, everything was sort of rough. Like everyone had thin eyebrows. Like no one was having <laughs> a good time Very in two thousand and six. Uh, call into the show if you had a good time in 2006. And fuck you if you did have a good time in 2006. <laughs> absolutely fuck you. I think I was actually at my peak in 2006. I was in fifth grade. I was hot shit. Wow, okay. That was the year every boy had a crush on me. Okay, I, I okay. Think. Wow. I think. I was like, I was like fat, had just started my period, and I come from one of those families where like no one tells you what a period is, so I did thought Did you think I, you were dying? I thought I'd shit myself. <laughs> I had my period and I was like, why have I shit myself? And I was, I remember so well. Oh my God. I was at a, I was at a youth group party on New Year's Eve. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is my mom's evangelical phase. Long story. But I was, I was at, I was at a youth group party and I went to the bathroom and I was like, I can't believe I shit myself at this youth group party. And then my mom like secretly like snuck me a pad and I was like, I don't know how to use this. But anyway, yeah, so in like 2006, I was like fat, got boobs, which at the time, traumatic. Now, I got great tits. You you do. So. Congratulations. Thanks, 2006. Also, don't fat shame young Maggie Crane. Although kids kids would tease you because kids are shitty. Let me walk it back. Okay. Not fat, just not proportion. You know when your body just freaks out and you're like, I still, it's like you're just not, you don't look like you're meant to look you're just like your weight's all shifted around like you don't look like you're in flux you're absolutely you're in flux i was getting my period my brother dies so i don't think i (laughs) yeah 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 third third thing is the brother (laughs) third thing is brother dying uh and so i don't think i had a coping mechanism i think i was just like my brain was just fully like what's going on where am i what's happening so i think i just like went like to because i don't fully like remember any like very few moments of like clarity of being like oh because you know how you like sort of look back on your life and you have these moments where you're like oh you remember realizations and I don't remember having any realizations for, like, years after my brother died. And the first, I think the first time I actually coped with it was, like, when I was, like, 18. And I was, like, 
first in college. I read, my dad wrote a book called Aiden's Way. Go, go buy the book so I can, so my dad can get some residge. Um, he wrote a book called Aiden's Way that was published before my brother died, but it's about like his life with his disabilities. And my dad is a, a political science professor who uh, specializes in ancient Chinese philosophy. Wild. Uh, so he's like using ancient Chinese philosophy to cope with my brother's disabilities. And I had never read it because to use the the my mom's line on the book is I'm not gonna read it. I've seen the movie, but which is such a good line. That is Maury. a great movie. Um, that is a great movie. Wow. I mean, a great movie, a great line. <laughs> I've um, had a couple beers. He's had a few beers. So I read that book and then I like sort of like wrote my first sort of piece about it. I think that's the first I wrote like I it was like a dumb theater class I took and I I made like a show about it, which it was probably bad, but like that was the first time I actually like I think intellectualized anything. And I think up until then I was just like, well, there's a lot of pain in my body, but I'm actually not going to uh, talk about it or ever think <laughs> about it and I'm actually just going to coast and what? No, I'm actually fine. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like this is so hack, but, like, for me, the, the, oh, God, I can't even say it. I will. I feel like, oh, God, the arts, oh, God, has always been how I <laughs> coped with, oh, gross, my brother's death, ugh. So, my family, their coping, coping mechanisms after Madeline dying, they had this whole elaborate bedtime routine. So, like, Matt was four when she died, and Matt's like, Madeline was my best friend. Mm-hmm. And Margaret was six. And so what happened was they would sleep with my parents every night and they had this whole routine where they would go into bed and one of them would turn off the light and they'd say, there's no business like show business. And then they'd say, God bless you and keep you all through the night to each other before going to sleep, which is something that like my family still says to each other to this day. And I do find it comforting despite not believing in God. Dude, but like I had this routine is comforting. Yeah. But I also had this like anxious thing for a while where I would have to uh, bless people in my mind before bed because otherwise I was afraid they would die. Whoa. Anxiety rocks. Anxiety mixed with like deeply embedded religion (laughs) rocks. Yeah. But anyway, so they like they had that mm-hmm. and apparently they used to go to McDonald's a lot. But they also went to therapy, which like <laughs> that's good. We went to McDonald's, we also went to therapy. I never went to therapy. Really? I know, right? Isn't that fucked up? I never went to therapy. And one time my mom recently, not too recently, I think, but after since after college, so as an adult, my mom was like, I'm so glad we never sent you to therapy. What? And I was like, and I was fully like... I've oh. met Maureen. She's lovely. That's a weird thing to say. It was very say. weird. No, but it, I, I was sort of like, I was like, hell yeah, Maureen. Well, I sort of agree with her. I don't get into that. But like, it was funny. She's like, I'm so glad we didn't send you to therapy. And I'm like, what about the fact that your daughter is now a jackass stand-up comedian? <laughs> Do you think it's good you didn't send me to therapy with her? <laughs> I actually, I, I'm sort of glad I didn't go to therapy. Tell me more. I'm sort of glad I didn't knock, not because I think it's bad, not that I'm knocking it, but I think, I think I'm pretty okay in I mean, terms of it all. You now. do seem well adjusted. Yes. And I think maybe accidentally well adjusted, certainly, but I don't know. I feel, I don't know. The, the fact that I can't talk about this is real evidence that I should have gone to therapy. I don't think so. Hmm. You're talking about it on this podcast. Talking about the pod. 
you know, podcast oh is therapy. Podcast is life. Podcast <laughs> is therapy. <laughs> oh. All right, Claire. So this is this is like we're releasing this tomorrow and we're recording this is one of the first things we've recorded pretty like real timey this is all hallows eve eve yes yeah <laughs> I, that, I was like what <laughs> this is the night for halloween we're recording our intro to our podcast sort of what i'm hoping you the listeners which probably tip for this one is gonna be like a whopping five people hi all five of you um i just hope it, it, it's sort of just like somewhere where you can sort of listen listen and maybe relate if you've gone through loss if you're going through loss um and just sort of like not quite laugh at it but just sort of like be real chill about it yeah and we also invite you to talk to us about it on yeah, social media. Yeah, DM us if you if you want to if you are like I have a specific loss story or a topic, topic. I'd like you to like research or talk about because I think the main thing is we just we want people to be more comfortable about this because yeah we're all gonna die one day we're all gonna hey <laughs> listener you're gonna die we're all dying. And that's kind of cool. that's cool. Because, yeah, because that's sort of like what we have in common. Maybe we don't have any bands in common that we like, but we all are going to die, so. I like how you went to bands. Bands. Well, I, I'm thinking about, like, when you're on, like, a shitty first date where you talk oh, about, yeah. where you're like, what bands do you like? Next shitty first date I go, and I'm going to be like, so we're both going to die. Tell me about your dream funeral. What's your dream funeral? That's actually a great first date question. Oh, yeah. Listeners? Please. Next day you're on, ask them what their ideal funeral is. I think that's a good, like, you know, they do, like, the 30 questions to fall in love. That's a I, good one. I once made my parents take that, and I was in the room. Did your parents fall in love? Uh, no, they fell out of love. Good. <laughs> wow, the New York Times destroyed your parents' yeah. relationship. Just like the New York Times is really destroying my mind right now because they're only covering Joe Biden. I fucking How hate it. How about the New York Times starting uh, the Iraq War? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Uh, we're coming for you the New York Times back to death uh, <laughs> uh, no we're excited to talk to you about death yes. in relation to a bunch of different topics this episode's a little loosey goosey because we just want to do an intro episode so you can sort of like get used to my like shrill shrill voice uh, it's a beautiful voice <laughs> but uh, yeah keep coming back stay tuned this is going to be fun Um, this is Deadbeat I'm Maggie I'm Claire. And we love you. Bye.